My name is Dave. And my name's Craig. And I have no mouth, and I must scream. Craig has picked I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream for our 1995 game, despite my frequent and very obnoxious protests. So, Craig, let's crack right into this. You read the stats and we'll talk about this game. Yes, I can't wait to talk about this game. Insert game name here. Uh, So, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream is 1995 game, so it's our game for that year. It's a point-and-click adventure developed by Cyber Dreams. The Dreamers Guild and Night Dive Studios, uh, designed by Harlan Ellison, David Seals, and David Mullick, uh, and you know published over the years by many people, and it's been released on everything that you can point and click on, so from Android and iOS through all the PCs, Linux, macOS, DOS, and everything else. It's it's in a lot of places, which is good because more people should play this game. Um, so yeah, that's. That's the stats. All right, uh, let's I can't talk. Wait, <laughs> let's let's. I I'm I'm. <clears throat> All right. So if you have no prior history with either of us, as in you don't know us in real life, I do not like adventure games. Um, I would say with a passion, but Craig has been slowly grinding me down over the years by making me play adventure games, and I tried to come to each one and go. Okay, this is it. This is when I'm gonna like adventure games. Yeah, and I, I do it for. I don't just make you play all it. Like I made you play. Um, what did Monkey we play? Island Two. Monkey Island Two. I made you play that because it's one of my personal favorites, and that was kind yeah. of personal to me. I made Maniac you play Mansion. Day of the Tentacle because I thought you like Looney Tunes, and that's very cartoony and very uh-huh. funny. So that might get you. And Maniac Mansion is a classic, like everyone should play that anyway, but it, so like there's always reason, and the reason for picking this one is it's in the horror genre of horror anus, and I know you, horror anus, oh wow, Ooh. horror anus, <laughs> it's in Please the consult horror, your local physician if you have <laughs> no, horror anus, it's in the horror genre, and I know you like horror, and I think that like, Based on what you read about the book that this came from and the, the game, it does maintain a kind of really dark, gritty, grisly, horror-y type theming. So I thought, ah, maybe that'll get Dave. And I've always wanted to play it anyway. I'd agree. I've got no history with it. I've just always oh, uh, wanted to play it. Do you have any history with Harlan Ellison other than that or any of his other works? No, no, none, none whatsoever. The only thing that it, that's anywhere close to this, to this, is Dark Side or Dark Seed. Seed, yeah. Dark Seed. Um, I have some experience with, and and nothing else at all. Like Henry Ellens, Har, Harlan Ellenson. That's such a weird name. Harlan Ellison. Um, yeah. Let us let's let's make this disclaimer right now. All right. So Craig is has. COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so please excuse COVID tongue. It, it fills your yeah. mouth and you just kind of stumble over things. 
So, um... Oh, I have yeah, been speaking shite for days, yeah. Uh, okay, so Harlan Ellison is a legendarily crotchety old bird. Let's put it that way. A uh, very grumpy man. I know mainly from his work on Scooby-Doo. And I have no mouth and I'm a scream. I, he tends to be very tech from the things I've checked out. Like, very... Okay. Uh, Kurt vonnegut right? Like, that kind of tech fantasy sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not really my jam, even when it comes to, like, horror. But uh, th- this I have read this book before. It's It's, like, one of those, like, oh, you must read these books kind of thing. Okay. Uh, I like I like the story. It's it's okay. It, it never really like had a huge impact on me. But I will say the game is surprisingly good at adapting it. Yeah, I think that's that's what I've read as well. Like I haven't read the story, and I know there was changes, some bigger changes to characters. Like apparently the um, gorilla man had gigantic genitals in the story. <laughs> would have raised uh... the rating on this, I think. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it's not represented in the game, and apparently, as well, um, one of the characters—I don't know who—was a struggling homosexual. The doctor in the game, maybe? No, not the doctor, because he was a Nazi. But whoever, and I had read an interesting thing that the writers had said that the one big regret was they should have played more in that and had this character have a struggling with own sexuality storyline rather than the storyline they ended up with. I think it, if they had done that, I mean, Monday morning quarterback and all that, but it really mm-hmm. would have made this stick out more than it already did of like, oh, it's touching on those themes. Yeah. Um, let, now, let's be fair. I, I also read this like 15 years ago, so I'm really squiffy. The book, I can't name things that happened, but this is very much a refresher for me. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, all right, so... The reason you picked this was basically because it's on everybody's must-play adventure game list. Yeah. Oh, I had, wait, wait till you hear this. I took a screenshot of something I found when I was looking for stats and things like that. <clears throat> uh, Computer Gaming World gave the game an award for Adventure Game of the Year, listed as 134 of their 150 games of all time. Um, also, wow, that's pretty low. It's pretty low. Uh, Adventure Gamers named, I have no mouth and I must scream, the 69th best adventure game ever released. Nice. <laughs> so I thought, you know, there's there are a good chunky amount of adventure games, but less so than in other genres. 69th in a list of adventure games isn't, isn't When was great. the list published, out of curiosity? Uh, I think that was 1999 or 2000. So that was oh, still no. in its heyday. Yeah, uh, that's an actual lie. It was 2011 that okay, was published. Okay, so I work with a liar. Uh, that was COVID, I, I think, makes you lie. That was COVID. Sorry, no, yeah. So it was it was published, that list was published in 2011 when the genre was fairly Dead. saturated and done. Yeah, yeah so, like, like that was definitely before the reinvigoration of the adventure game genre. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I, I can list a bunch of them I think this is better than, but that would make for a very boring episode. Uh, <laughs> I have some questions for you. Mm-hmm. So Sierra or <laughs> Oh, no. Sorry, couldn't help myself. No. All right, so this is a game that is not meant to make you feel good. This is a game that makes you feel dirty and grimy and gross and bleh, right? 
I don't view it so much as horror as I guess it's horror in the same way, like you know, Vertigo is kind of horror, right? Yeah, like it's very yeah. psychological. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a psychological, dystopian, creepy feeling, dirty feel, like you say. It isn't horror, horror, unless you try and you know, like envisage yourself being tortured for 109 years. That's horrible. Yeah, yeah but it's this not is the kind of overt game horror. If you look at it. You you and you you'd think you'd get a film on your fingers after you touch the box. It's just kind of it's kind of dirty. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this game is ugly. Mm, yeah, like I think quite ugly, mm-hmm. but it's done so on purpose. There's some aspects of it that I think it's ugly on purpose because it's supposed to be like that. But there's some bits that are also actually technically ugly, like the blending of. Um, the 2D pixel animation and yeah. some 3D objects that are quite glossy and out of place, and so there's there's well, an that ugliness. transition from gameplay to small cutscene. Oh, yeah. Which I'm willing to forgive it because that, as was the style at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those those portraits, like um, old Thomas <laughs> Hayden Church's surprised face, mm-hmm. not something you really want to see in the dark. Um, it's a little weird looking. But I'm curious to you, because I would imagine that you like this game. Like, just getting down to brass tacks. You like yeah, this yeah. game, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. I do very much. Does that detract from you at all, or is that some of the attraction? No, it's it's definitely in the sum of the attraction. Like, I see it, and I just go, oh, do you know what? This, it's a me- With this type of game... The look of it is probably the least important to me, and obviously, I like a gorgeous game, but yeah, or, a, or but it's it's not going to put me off. It's not going to make me think less of it. It'd be like reading a book, but the book has some tea stains on it. You're still going to enjoy the words. It just so happens that the book has tea tea stains. That analogy works. Okay. I think <laughs> if not, we'll make it work. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I see. I I would argue that like with horror. And with adventure games, graphics are some of the most important things, right? Because that's really all you're looking at. And with horror specifically, if the monster looks like a joke, it will never be scary. It just won't. Yeah, if it looks yeah. like it's made of Doritos, it's not going to be scary. Uh, with, with adventure games, you need to be like visually very defined on what objects are. Like, I don't know uh, if you got, depending on who you started with, we'll explain this in a little bit, but... I got to the part where I had to find the shovel in the trash, and uh, I, I, I had to guide that because there was no way in hell I was seeing a shovel in that trash. Um, it, yeah, several several parts of that I totally and utterly just missed out. I had to Google, uh, you know, when you're on the Zeppelin and you you have to go out onto the edge bit and you tie a rope down and you wheel your way out to get it and then yeah. you come back in. I for some strange reason, blended, or the rope blended into the scenery, and I forgot that you could click on it to cut it back to get the rope back. And I spent so long just like, what What the hell am I supposed to do now? Before it, it, I just read, use the knife on the rope to get your rope back. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so yeah, there is, there is an element of, I don't know where to click, but the mouse cursor does the job. It does the usual... You know, it's not Scum VM, but it, or not VM. Sorry, it's not the Scum engine of LucasArts Hades or anything. No, but it's it's laid out very much the same. So you've got 
uh, an interaction bar that labels, you know, like if your mouse over the shovel, it'll it'll highlight things to you so you can say pick up shovel. So it does try to mitigate some of it, but yeah, some of it is just a, a an outright horror show. I, I do not, 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 not on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do like the verb set in this a little more than I like the verb set in Scum Games. Um, just because, like, phonetically, they make more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Of, like, you can't. No, you can't give that door a handle. You have to put in or uh, use with. You know, uh-huh. There's a lot that my brain bucks up against when it comes to that kind of thing in adventure games. Like, why would I use whiskey on the man? No, I would give it to him, you know, like that kind uh-huh. of thing. So in this, I think the verb set is better than most games from this period. Now, that's me saying it with, like, very small amounts of exploration through this genre. Um, okay, why don't you explain briefly, as, as briefly as you can without reading the whole book to people, uh-huh. what the base of this game is? The basic bit of the game is it's a dystopian future. You are way into the future. An AI has eradicated all life on the planet through, um, you know, the stereotypical three superpowers, China, Russia, and the US building AIs, and they all fight, and then the US one gains sentience. Uh, sentience. Jesus, my brain, Dave. It's fine, uh, man, it's fine. It has that quote at the start, the the, the AI's name is Am in it, Scott. I think, therefore, I am. And I'm like, okay, that's and then a, a bit slide calmly, whistle happens. Oh, call me, but I'll take I'll take it, I'll take it. Why not? Uh, so the AI has eradicated all life apart from five people. Five people who have varying levels of difficulties in their own personal lives. Like there's a Nazi doctor who um fessed up his own parents to the Nazis and sent them to a concentration camp. So, you know, like, so there's various levels of um, people with issues. The AI has kept these five people alive for an, and I never figured out, but I'm so I'll say an oddly specific 109 years, torturing them daily before um, sending them on this final game. And the game is the adventure game that you're about to embark on. The computer develops five separate scenarios for these five people to go through that tap into their personal stories, as I say. So your Nazi doctor, yeah, yeah, the personal demons. And it's up to the protagonists to overcome those demons within these scenarios. So there's a lady who has been raped and the person was wearing yellow. So she gets sent to Egypt where everything's yellow for some strange reason. Everything uh, that you want to touch is yellow and things like that. And from that point, it's a point-and-click adventure where, along with pick the gum off the floor type puzzling, you've also got moral dilemmas and decisions to make that can affect the outcome of the story. So in the Nazi doctor's case, he can help people escape from the concentration camp and let himself be killed to kind of redeem himself. And the whole point is... The, the computer, the AI that's trapped you there doesn't think you're going to, you're unredeemable, unredemptionable. Un- yeah, the base uh, thesis <laughs> that the computer is putting forth is human nature does not change. You are yeah. who you are and you will always be who you are. And yeah. it's your job basically to prove him wrong and saying humans can develop and change and yeah. all that. Um, Which is, I 
freaking love it. <laughs> An oddly it. hopeful <laughs> message for such a bleak game. Yes. Right? It really is. It's the, the outcome. The, there's various endings. I don't know. We can get to the ending later, but most of the endings are bad. And the game very much is slanted towards the horror of humans and that is it's as if the AI wrote it and put bias against all of these people. Well, apart from <laughs> you know well, you know what I mean, but um Yeah. It's it's just really I I find it really interesting. So at the start of the game, when you've got past the monumental cutscene, you get to select one of these five people in the in the game you have to play through all five of them. So you just pick one to start the journey and on you go through it. Um, I I went uh, Gorster, otherwise mm-hmm. known as Lol from Wings, and I got about to. Like I said, I like I think I I spoilers by the way. In case this does pique your interest, we will talk briefly about parts in each. Well, not each story, at least the ones that I experienced. Um, I I, I buried my wife, and that was about. Where I was like, okay, I done talking to you, Space Coyote. <laughs> we gotta stop um where did you get to out of curiosity um i've completed all five of the stories and i'm now on to kind of like the final path which I've, pl- I've played one of them now to get towards the end so you play all five and you're redeemable humans so the ai then in a defeated state you puts you through an extra bit of challenge and there's some other things that go on. I haven't got to right to the very end, but I know the endings. Um but yeah, that the goddess the Gorister guy is oh yeah. How much story should we spoil? Well, I mean Gorister is probably the first most people will gravitate to just because he's the one that's on the far left, right? Like yeah. you make your way from left to right. Yeah, I mean that was I my know. instinct anyway. I didn't know how much of this I was going to play, so I went with the lady first because I thought, well, there's only one lady. So get, I'll go her. Um, the thing I found interesting about Gorister and is the fact that he wants to kill himself because he feels guilty, and the AI just makes it impossible for him to kill himself. Like that sounds like hell. <laughs> it's just a horrible thing to be desperate to commit suicide and be it unable does. to. Um, a lot of these, a lot of the things that happen in this, and especially one of the things that happen at the end, ties into one of the fears I have, which is that inability. Like, imagine being vegetabilitized and lying in a hospital, and you, you can't even blink, and you just want to die, and you literally have a mouth, but you can't move it to scream and say "kill me," and you're just kind of stuck there. And that's my absolute worst fear. And a lot of the things that happen in this make me reminded me of that fear. Of oh, really? Able... Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I didn't. Uh, I now uh, full disclosure. I did watch a little bit of the. I can't remember her name. I'm sorry. Uh, the ladies trek through Egypt. Let's say. Yeah. Uh, Ellen. I, I didn't. Uh, thank you. I, I couldn't. I didn't check out anybody else mainly because it was starting to get on my nerves. And okay. I wanted to walk away with a little bit of the goodwill I had from it. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't really have any fear of uh, being comatose or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as the government spends massive amounts of money to keep me alive, uh, as long as they possibly can, and then freeze my head and resurrect me on the body of a robot, I'll be perfectly fine. Um, so then you would say, as a whole, this story 
gets to you. Mm-hmm. And at okay. that kind of base psychological level, it didn't it didn't make me ponder the meaning of life and no, reevaluate yeah. all. But it did it did niggle and it nipped at that one of the just to skip right to the very end depending on what decisions and moral choices you've made one of the outcomes is like you get turned into this blobby green thing that is it is that exact thing like you've now got to live with the knowledge that you're unredeemable and you're a blobby thing that can't communicate that's that i have no mouth and i must scream bit of it and that was that was like I mean, that green blob is basically the same as being lying in a hospital bed, unable to move. It's the same thing. It's just that that's a green blob. Oh, wait, Craig. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think we have totally different reads on that. Oh. Like, like why the title is called that. I think the title is called that because of Am. Am. Am has no mouth and he must scream because he destroyed the whole world and now he has nothing to do. Like, he serves no purpose anymore. That's the, I have no mouth and I must scream. Oh, is that what it is? Well, to me, anyway. Like, I mean, your reading is perfectly fine and acceptable, but to me, it was the, oh, so Am is the mouth man that can't scream. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, can, I, I get that. I, I can suppose see you, both readings. Yeah, look, I, I like, keep talking for two seconds. Why is I have well, no mouth? Oh, so while Craig is Googling this, uh, I would like to mention that uh, Harlan Ellison himself does the voice of Am and surprisingly does a really good job of it. I mean, not surprisingly, he's done other work, he's acted in other things before, but he really sells Am pretty good. Like, I think Am goes up there with, like, um, GLaDOS and, what is it, Shotan from System Shock in terms of, like, oh, good AI voice characterization going on here uh the rest of the voice acting i thought was acceptable to bad like uh the mother-in-law edna uh she can maybe pitch tone it down a little bit on the screech meter but for the most part i thought the voice acting was fairly representative of that time era right like there was not really a standout i mean harlan nelson stood out because oh hey it's the author of the book but you know, other than that, it was pretty much acceptable. Did you have any problems with the voice acting or anything? Uh, yeah, no problems, but not like I was. I wasn't like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. No, nothing like that at all. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, out of curiosity, does has this piqued your interest enough to actually read the book? I mean, it's a short book, but I it, it's piqued my interest enough to add it to my pile of books, which I don't know if I've ever recorded, but that's my pile of books for when my fingers don't work to play games pile. So it'll it'll be in that pile. I probably won't read it until my mid to late 60s if I'm still alive. I, I'm probably... I, I think I will slap this on uh, my Audible library list just to be like, oh hey, I'm going to check that out again. Because I haven't read it in a long time, like I said. Yeah. All right. On, like, just does that mean, without reading too much into it, apart from the fact that it's an adventure game, you kind of like it? <sighs> um, <laughs> apart from the fact that it's an adventure game that looks like <laughs> shit, you kind of like it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't think it looks like shit. I think yeah. there's some... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
not unforgivable, um, unfortunate design choices, right? Like, ooh, ooh, you probably should have went a different one with that. But again, style of the time, who am I to say I couldn't draw a box with a smiley face if I had to? I like the source material. I like the adaptation of the source material. I had a lot more fun watching it than I did playing it. Because, like, if I could walk you through a majority of Dave's playthrough. All right, I'm on this screen. Let's hit look at and then just do, like, a swipe across the screen to see what's interactable. And then, okay, let's pick up let's pick up the blanket. And, oh, that book, it's pretty much dust at this point. Okay, so let's move to the next screen. And then you do that window washer swipe down the screen to see what's interactable. Like... For me, it, it, it very much devolved into order of operations. And then came some of the puzzles, where, and I will give this a little bit of credit. Most of the puzzles I ran into, anyway, were fairly common sense. Oh, you use the knife on the balloons to make it deflate. That makes sense. You, you rip the thing. That's fine. One thing I did like, and this is, if it's too pretentious and douchey, please slap me in the face. I do like how, since Am is a computer, right? And everything that he translates will be translated literally. Like the, the milk of human kindness thing, right? Or the bury your past thing. It's like, oh, you have to like backwards engineer. Okay, so the idiom that he was translating literally, this is what it would actually mean. Of like bury the past means bury your wife. Uh, the milk of human kindness that, that he was fostering was, was literal. And like, oh... Oh, that is cool. I like that. So, yeah, like, there are things I like about this more than I liked about other adventure games. But if I ever play it again, my eyes will pop out of my head and roll away. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah. okay. It's an odd That's... world game for me. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll finish it, but I'll never never touch it again. Are we final thoughts on... Jesus, it's oh. been 28 minutes. We're, we're kind happened? of final thoughts. So, I, I, but I do want to ask, why will you not touch this again? Why will this not go on a replay for you? Um, Because like most adventure games... Oh, how do I explain this? You know, I replay Monkey Island every so often, and I've, I'm replaying them all again just now because I got that box. You're, you have stuff. a sickness? Yeah. I, I have a sickness. And I'll replay Day of the Tentacle... All of these ha make give me the warm fuzzies from nostalgia. Who is the enemy, or which is the enemy? But they all mean so much more to me that it, playing a good. I have no mouth, but I must scream right now. I've played it, but it's like I've I've played you know Uncharted Four, but I'm not going to play Uncharted Four again. It's just it doesn't have the same effect. It doesn't feel the same. It just feels like I've played another good game. Okay, uh, first off, are you on the PlayStation home screen where you see Tom Holland as Uncharted? And that's why you said be. Uncharted 4? <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, okay, so is it so is it the subject matter itself that's like, okay, I would need to be in a really specific mood to enjoy this again? Oh, no, no nothing nothing to do with it. This could have been a light-hearted comedy romp. About, okay, all right. Because you know, that's what like, everything else had in common that you named except this. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's it's nothing to do with that. It's purely to do with I find myself I don't like replaying a, a, any 
games, in modern games, if I play something, the one that I'm really struggling to start that I think I'll get going on is Persona 5, because I've got the Persona 5 Royal one. Yeah, same here. E- e- even that, I'm struggling to just start, because I know I'll get that. I'll instantly be like, oh, I've done this bit already. I've done... I'd, I find that as a problem, whereas with Monkey Island or something, I get a warm, fuzzy nostalgia. Well, Craig, that is the enemy. Um, mm-hmm. Now, see, I, I mean, I, I understand a little bit. Um, I think right now we have a wealth of games, and there's almost no reason to play a game twice. Like, you can just keep on moving down that road, and only when you feel like a Persona 5 should you go back and play a Persona 5. But, yeah, okay, I, I can understand that. I mean, I, I think nostalgia is the enemy, but there is some humanity in that enemy. Like, yeah. like it's understandable that, oh, hey, no, I grew up with this. This is what I like. I mean, I paid £200 for a box of Monkey Island shit. I am like, literally, that is a a huge chunk of my childhood in those games, so whatever. I was was hoping that you would burn them in effigy to stand on your principles and be like, no, this is bad. Honestly. honestly, I would have flew to Scotland and tackled you myself, Greg. That, see that box. One of the things that's in it is one of those, uh, it's like a picture a picture box, so it's got various 3D levels of um, Guybrush when he's underwater, and so oh, you get this right. 3D effect, and it's it's. I wish I could, I want to drill holes in it and put LEDs in it and stuff like that, but I don't want to, you know, ruin it. Um, well, you're not going to sell it. Personalize it. You know what? Yeah, I think you're right. Anyway, this is definitely this is the first time we've went off track that wildly so quickly in a while. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, well, let's blame it on COVID and the fact that it is so cold here. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. I've got COVID and you've got cold food. <laughs> All right, let's let's get this back on track with our, <clears throat> here we go, our pretentious, put your monocles in, the nugget that you walk away from this game with. I have a very superficial one. Well, you, you go uh, first because I always struggle with the nuggets. Um, first off, Craig can sometimes be wrong. That's my nugget here. No, um, the nugget I walked away from this from is ugly by design can really work, but that is a very fine tightrope to walk because this does that thing where ugly by design looks great and then it just swerves one way or the other a little too much and it's just, ugh, ugh. So, yeah, that like like that can work. And you don't run into too many ugly by design games. Like, I can think of, like, Silent Hill 3, maybe, where everything just looks gross and grimy. But uh, it is, I've never seen it really done in an adventure game before. Okay. Hmm. That's, a, that's a good nugget. Um, I will submit my nugget, but you can reject it if you want. But I feel that if anyone is looking to convert some uh, like a linear piece of narrative or story or book to a game they should look to this as one of the better examples of doing that because i think it really truly nails it and yeah can, can i plus one on your nugget sir yeah, thank you yeah, yeah and i i, I think well i think the instinct to involve the author himself uh-huh. was a very good instinct now, I don't know if that's because Harlan Ellison is crotching and was like, you ain't doing this without me, buddy. I, I don't know. But it does seem like it paid off in this regard. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So yeah. All right. Then the less pretentious question that we try to answer, does this hold up in 2022? Yes. Adventure game mechanics and general aesthetic are timeless. They will never die. They're always going to look like that. There's always going to be a verb bar, an inventory, and things to click on. Unless they're made by Telltale. It feels like, barring some issues with rendering and 3D... Shut up. Uh, It took me a wee second there to get there. Um, it, It could realistically be an indie game that was developed last year on a note you know like that's it could be not a bad of, point it, it could just be that and you wouldn't question it so yeah absolutely uh, pucker in spirit of the game we just played i will use an analogy adventure games are like a crowbar in modern day we don't have very much uses for crowbars unless it's a very specialized task But every once in a while, you can really use a crowbar, and it excels at what it does. I think adventure games are that. You're not always in the mood for an adventure game, but when you are, this is one of the really good ones. So this is a specialized tool for a specialized time of your life. I think it works for what it does, and I will never touch it again. Because if I ever get in an adventure game mood... I will probably play something a little more lighthearted. Not gonna lie, um, <laughs> I'm in the mood. I'm in, like it's a beautiful spring day, and Dave's in the mood for an adventure game. God, there's so many other games. <laughs> I I will play a Zack and Wiki. I will play a Raven. I will play a Last Express. Something like a little more upbeat. Um, mm-hmm. Never a Broken Sword because no. Broken anyway, so- how can you no no? no. Because, because I have, uh, this is bonus material, I guess. I have a very squiffy past with Broken Sword because I never played it on the PC growing up because I wasn't PC Master Race. Um, and then it came out for Game Boy Advance. And I must not have read the part in Nintendo Power that said it was an adventure game. And instead, it just showed these really, really good looking screenshots and I'm like, well, this looks fantastic. I don't care what it is. I'm curious. Why is that clown dancing around in there? I'm going to yeah. play this. And then you boot it up and it's, oh, it's Broken Sword. Oh. Broken, and, uh, broken Salt goat. is. Broken Salt. The goat, yes. Ha- have we done a show on Broken Salt yet? We have not done a sword a sword show on Broken Sword. Wow. Um, I, I, I would never do that to you. Not this year anyway. I it's 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 up there with the best it re- it's a, it's a really banging good you know da vinci code story of amazingness and it's, it's okay i've got a really soft spot for broken sword well then um really quick because we're in bonus material time we can cut this if we want but i'm just curious myself right now what is your favorite adventure game hey the curse of monkey island because that's the game I am currently playing. <laughs> so, the Curse of Monkey Island. Monkey Island has always done something special with either combat or mechanics or something funky. Uh, you know, you've got the insult, pirate sword fighting, yeah. uh, which is genius. But the Curse of Monkey Island has... Uh, you've got to recruit... Have you played it? Have you ever played it? I don't know if you've played it, but... I, don't, got I to, think I've only played two. Okay, you've got you've got to recruit 
um, three barbers from a barber shop as your pirate crew, and one of them challenges you to a banjo duel. And my golly goodness, it's one of the best bits of any game ever is a banjo battle mechanic. I, I just, I, I every single time I play, it, I just sm- smile from ear to ear. And you you sit and you have to click the banjo bits and he and he's like you know, he does proper Van Halen banjo stuff it's fantastic and then when you play it and you click it just goes dong <laughs> it's just <laughs> it, it gets me every time so yeah um the custom Monkey Island at the moment so that's three for the the Monkey Island three for the common man is that what you're for gonna say God, I was about to say for for those that might not be familiar. Um, does does the sinking city count? Because that's the closest I'm willing to go on yeah. a favorite adventure game. I think it like the sinking city. Although I've not played that much, I'm going to because it does that whole thing that I said the devil, uh, not the devil's daughter, Jesus, the new Sherlock Holmes is good about. Is oh chapter one. It, it doesn't give you anything in the way of signposting. You have to go and look at phone books. To find an yep, address. street signs, yeah. It's street signs. And that is very much... It doesn't have pick up, you know, like, pick up the gum and use the speaker to knock... No. Nope. But it, it is an adventure game. All right, because if not, I would have probably said Sherlock Holmes The Awakened. Probably my... my The one I would consider replaying for fun. Put it that way. All right. <laughs> Whether or not we cut all that out... <clears throat> Next week, we have one of my picks, which is 1996's Guardian Heroes. So, if you have anything you'd like to say about Guardian Heroes or I Have No Mouth Screams, then you can hit us up on nomoresages.com, where you can also suggest a game if you would like us to cover it. I'm sorry that this one is a little out of the ordinary. We went a little bit off script here, but eh, when you have COVID and you're really cold, you're like, eh, screw the script, we'll do it live. So... Again, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. But until next time, Craig... That was, that was I have no mouth, but I... I was waiting to see if you would just let it sit, or if you would explain it. I was really hoping you'd just let it sit. Uh, until next time, you should eat it because it is bitter and because it is your heart. Mm-hmm.